Welcome back to Indie Ball Nation. I didn't say Indie Ball Report. We're off to a hot start. We have a mid-afternoon daily recap here ahead of tonight's action, getting you caught up on everything you might have missed from last night. And let's start this thing off with how about it, the Atlantic League, because the battle for North Carolina was back at it. High Point at Gastonia. And can someone tell me, is there a bachelorette party happening with High Point? Because Ben Eklinski brought the salami out Saturday, and it went so well, he did it again last night. That would be his second Grand Slam in three games and enough to power High Point past Gastonia 6-3 to three in this ongoing battle at the top of the South Division. That's been so fun to watch. Uh, other than that, I mean, Ryan Dull struck out three. He improves. He's 16 for 16 in save opportunities right now. Kind of doing quietly under the radar. I mean, there's not a lot of closer talk in the Atlantic League or any Indy League for that matter because uh, the best ones tend to get picked up or just have been there for a long time, I feel like. But Ryan Dell's really getting it done. ERA down to one four one. Let's keep it moving. we got to hustle a bit here. We're getting late. Charleston at Lancaster. Four early runs led Charleston to a key win up in Lancaster as they look to keep pace with the Rockers in that second half race. Atelvin Nash Homer got the ball rolling, but for the Dirty Birds, pitching was the story. Seven strong innings from Joe Testa, backed up by a scoreless inning from Jacob Boziakovic and Luke Westfall silencing the Barnstormers bats over those nine innings. Luke Westfall, by the way, interesting putting him in relief. He struggled for length and success when he was pitching in uh, Kane County's rotation earlier in the year. But since reuniting with Billy Horn Charleston, they've been putting him out in that relief role four times now. He has looked good. That's going to be something to watch. Could be very interesting if Charleston is actually serious about making this playoff push randomly, which, I mean, seemingly randomly because they did not look capable of doing that in the first half. But here they are trying to make something happen. They're about two back right now in the division, by the way. Um, moving, we'll skip through a couple quick ones. Long Island, Spire City. Every starter in the lineup for both teams got on base in this one as the Ducks managed to outshoot Spire City 12-9. to Lexington at Southern Maryland, a complete game from Spencer Johnston for the Blue Crabs, but it was not enough as the Blue Crabs fall 3-2. to Lexington, someone helped the man out, yeah? York at Staten Island. Finally, Nick Raquette secures his 10th win of the season. Boy, he's been getting after it. First 1-10 to 10 wins. Hell of a season for Nick. Uh, they beat Staten Island 8-3. to um, Espinali's transaction news hitting Gastonia. Steven Moya has resigned. That could be key for them in that South Division race. Let's move on. Let's check out Frontier League. Why not? We had Sussex County at New Jersey. They play a doubleheader. The Jackals, uh, also on the transaction note, since we're there, uh, they received Tequan Forbes back from the Mexican League. That is a 933 OPS returning to their lineup, so that could be good for them as they battle for a playoff spot. The Jackals welcome the Miners for that doubleheader. Huge playoff race implications here. The Jackals came in a game behind Tri-City and tied for second in the North. The Miners were three and a half behind Tri-City and two and a half games out uh, from the Jackals for the final playoff spot. Uh, in game one, it was once again the Jorge Tavares show. He tosses a one-hit complete game shutout with eight strikeouts, outdueling Jose Ledesma Jr., who threw five shot innings of his own. But Josh Raywald would homer off of Billy Parsons to give New Jersey the one nothing win in the first game. In Game 2, it was New Jersey's offense racking up 10 hits over 7 innings on the way to an 8-4 W. The doubleheader sweep gave the Jackals a 5-game five, a five winning streak and a 4.5-game lead over Sussex for that last playoff spot. However, worth noting, they just wrapped up there already. They had early, like a 10-30 start time. God-awful. What are we doing? Um, Jackals did lose that one to Sussex. It was not particularly close. It was 9-2. So that does pull Sussex back within 3.5 of a playoff spot. So something to keep an eye on there. We will talk more in depth about that game tomorrow. 
keeping it moving. New York Boulders at Ottawa. The Boulders activated Aaron Dona before, uh, from the IL, returning a sub-2-5 ERA arm to their bullpen. Meanwhile, Ottawa was losing a key piece, uh, this one out of their lineup, putting Jackie Urbaez on the seven-day IL. Now, in this game, the Titans jumped on the Boulders for three in the first and eventually would lead 6-1 to one after four innings on their way to an 8-5 to five win. Chris Barica, he scattered nine hits over five innings, allowing two runs, striking out seven for Ottawa. He improves to 5-2. and two. Offensively, Taylor Wright pops for a four-hit, three-RBI night. Uh, let's go stick around the East Division. How about Trois-Rivières, Quebec, Canada fight? Trois-Rivières, they before this one, placed Rodrigo Orozco on the 60-day IL, ending his season for a solid, uh, ending the season for a solid piece of their regular lineup. Quebec handled business, though, against Trois-Rivières in this, uh, winning 6-2. to two. Ruben Castro and Marc-Antoine Lebreau, he, uh, they both homer, headlining the party for Quebec. Uh, Harley, Goller, Harley Goller led the way on the bump, allowing no earned runs over six innings and six uh, strikeouts in that one. Wrapping up the East Division, Empire State at Tri-City. Tri-City stays ahead of both Jersey and Quebec thanks to an 8-4 win over Empire State. Four and a third scoreless one-hit relief innings with 8Ks from Tyler Jeans and... Blake Workman finished the job for Tri-City. Heading over to the West Division where Schaumburg smacked Washington upside the head for a 9-1 win. Aaron Glickstein and Christian Scott's three hitless innings of relief followed a two-hit effort from Hunter Hoops to take the Wild Things bats out of this. Uh, Coco Figueredo, bro, the I before the R, after a UE, I don't even feel bad. We got to get together. Uh, he does homer there for Schaumburg, so he's got together. Whether I do or not, that's a different conversation. On the other side, Robert Chaka, he homered in the losing effort for Washington, keeping it cruising through the West. Gateway at Joliet. Gateway drops a close one, 2-1 to one to the Slammers. Parker Johnson and Turner Larkins dueled on the bump, but two Joliet runs in the second would hold up for the rest of the way as, G- as Gateway slides back to a tie with Schaumburg at the top of that West division. Uh, Lake Erie at Windy City. Windy City, by the way, they shut down Henry Omana, sending him to the 60-day IL. He was fantastic in six starts for them. That's a huge loss. Windy City pushes across five in the second and four in the seventh inning, securing a 9-3 win, which kind of salvages the day there, despite that bad news. Um, Logan Schmidt looked good on the bump. He improves to 4-2 in the win over Lake Erie. For the Crushers, homers from Kemwell, Thomas Rivera, and Jackson Pritchard just were not enough to overcome that Windy City offensive explosion. That's a team that we don't really hear that from much, so good for Windy City. Uh, last but not least, we got Florence at Evansville, the frontier. A five-run fourth for Evansville overcame a three-run first for Florence, and that would be the difference in a 6-5 to five Otters win. It took six pitchers to do it, but Evansville gets the dub to stay within four games of Gateway and Schaumburg. How about the Pioneer League? We'll go through there. Got a good one between Great Falls and Missoula. Kicked off battle at the top of the North Division in Montana. The Voyagers entered this game ahead of Missoula for the division lead, and they jumped out to an early lead in this one. Down 4-1, to one, the 7th row, the Paddleheads scored three runs on doubles from Ryan Cash and Dondre Hubbard to tie it up. Cash then brought home another with an 8th inning single on the way to a 6-4 to four comeback win for the Paddleheads, tying that North Division second half race. Elsewhere, you got Glacier at Billings. Mikey Eddy, he came a home run away from the cycle as Billings handled Glacier 11-6. Two solo bombs from John Michael Faley and in the second and eighth inning would bookend the scoring for the Mustangs in this one. Uh, Northern Colorado at Grand Junction. We got Grand Junction answering a pair of Owls runs in the first and second with six runs on their way to an 8-5 to five win. Henry George Homer, he had four hits, but Northern Colorado would strike out 13 times. Tough to get something going in that one. They would fall to the Jackalopes. 
Uh, still in the South Division, Ogden at Rocky Mountain. Rocky Mountain wins a wild 18-15 to 15 game. This is insane. Go check out this box score if you have a chance. 12 batters have multi-hit games. Nick Olch, he homered in a 5-RBI night. Jacob Barfield and Steven Wilmer both homered and had four ribbies for the vibes. It was a mess. But, yeah, Rocky Mountain holds on for the 18-15 to 15 win over Ogden. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Pioneer League, especially down south, man. Things get wild. Um We'll wrap this up with the interleague Boise at Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls beats Boise 7-6 in a knockout round thanks to the big dog out of Glendale, Tyler Wyatt. Bullpens combined for eight and a third innings, allowing just seven hits and two runs with nine Ks before that knockout round. Wrapping things in the core four with the American Association. Got Milwaukee at Lake Country, battle for Wisconsin, continuing after a split doubleheader on Monday as Lake Country would score in each of the first five innings last night, knocking off Milwaukee 8-6. to six. Gabriel Council, Cam Redding, and Reggie Pruitt Jr. all homer for the Milkmen, but it was just not enough to overcome four Doc Hounds homers from Brian Ray, Dustin Woodcock, Justin Levy, Dustin Woodcock, Justin Levy, almost got me, and Jax Groshans in that win for the Doc Hounds. Cleburne at Kane County in Kane County. Cleveland's late push would not overcome a great night of offense from the Cougars. Cornelius Randolph, he's back. He's straight out of Reading, by the way. Sell him for years over here. Uh, well, he returns that King County lineup with a two-run bomb and an RBI single. That's three runs. They won by two. He made the difference. That a boy, Cornelius Randolph. Welcome back to the party. Uh, Randolph, he'd been on the injured list and then inactive list for a while. He hadn't played in July, so it's good to see him get back after it here in August. Ryan Hernandez nearly hits a grand slam that would have made all the difference, but instead settled for a two-run double in a four-RBI night. Skipping over to the West Division for a bit, Fargo-Moorhead at Sioux City. Sioux City cashes in their third walk-off in, I believe, four games to pull within a game of second-place Fargo. This was a wild one with the Red Hawks and Explorers trading leads throughout the first nine innings until they were both pushed across two runs in the 11th. Going to the 12th, Fargo strikes first in the top of the 12th for one run, but RBI singles from Delvin Zinn and Daniel Perez, uh, they would combine to give the Explorers the win in a four-hour, 15-minute marathon long night in Sioux City, but hey, at least you walked out with a dub. Winnipeg at Kansas City, the Monarchs jumped all over Winnipeg for a 14-2 win. Jacob Robson popped for five hits and three ribbies. Justin Wiley and Chris Harmon, they homered. Uh, Dalton Motes had a really nice start. And then uh, new Monarch, by the way, Bubby Rossman, looked good on the bump, striking out the side in the ninth. Uh, moving to some interleague action, Chicago at Lincoln. The Dogs beat out the Salt Dogs in Lincoln. Despite Luke Roskam's two-run homer, which extended his on-base streak to 35 games, Chicago would overcome that, powering uh, powered through a four-run first inning and two more runs in the fifth. Uh, Chicago's one through eight all registered hits with Ryan Lidge and Matt Botcher leading the way with a pair of RBI. Both teams enjoyed four scoreless innings of two-hit ball from their bullpen, so hey, what a close strong at least. Uh, last early game here, we got Sioux Falls at Gary South Shore. Sioux Falls beats up on Gary, man. 11-0 in this one. Seth Miller headlined on the hill, tossing seven shutty, allowing just four hits and three walks. Offensively, Jabari Henry went full sicko mode. Pair of home runs, seven RBI. Okay, go do it then. As it stands with about 30 games to go, Lake Country is a half game behind King County and Cleburne for the two final playoff spots in the East while Sioux Falls pulls within two and a half of a struggling Lincoln for that final playoff spot in the West Division. Talking playoffs, might as well stop by the Pecos, see what's up there. Um, it has been the usual chaos, I guess we could say. Uh, after, we'll say, let's see, I'm trying to pick a game here to go through. Yeah, we'll start with Lancaster at San Rafael, why not? Uh, after a 12-3 win in Game 1 on Monday, San Rafael had pit a pitcher's duel against Lancaster last night in Game 2. 
Jake Dent tossed six shutout innings, striking out eight. Shout out to him. That's good work. Meanwhile, in the eighth, it was San Rafael finally getting to Brian Blackburn on the way to a four-run inning and a four-to-one win, eliminating the Stound Breakers. Uh, looking at Garden City against Tucson. Tucson took game one over Garden City with a 12-to-1 win. Isaac Keen, uh, he had a great start with impressive support from both Kyle Cutter and Christian Semerano. Actually, Jackson Smith was also dealing out of the bullpen for them as well. Uh, Steve Joyner, BJ Minarson, and Madison Santos went a combined 8-for-14 at the top of the Tucson lineup. That'll help you get it done. Uh, and then let's go Bakersfield at Monterey at the end of our Pecos action for the night. Uh, backs against the wall for Game 1. Monterey went down 2 to nothing in the first inning of Game 2 last night. Again, all you got is best of three, so they had to get it done. They answered, though, with six unanswered runs, stretching the lead to 6-1 to one after five. Bakersfield chips away at it, though. This was actually a really good game, got to be honest. Uh, even as Monterey, Monterey would keep pouring in runs of their own, eventually taking a 10-9 to nine lead in the ninth inning. Down to the last out in the ninth inning, Ryan Diaz doubled to send us to extras, where a walk-off wild pitch, I mean, Pecos League, would end a just crazy game, keeping the Amberjacks alive for another day into game three of that series. That is all I have got. I got a couple edits to make, and I got some posting to do, and this thing will be up, and we are going to be watching some baseball before we know about four and a half hours from most first pitches, it looks like. So, on the East Coast, sorry about the bias. It is what it is. Uh, just not going to apologize for it at this point. Uh, other than that, yeah, keep an eye on social media channels. Keep an eye on Indie Ball Report for random content, and both Spotify and YouTube for some exclusives going up in either direction soon. So, that should be fun. Until then, I'm Ryan from Indie Ball Nation. Y'all have a good one. I may not have a lot, but I love what I got. A four by four and a good fishing spot. I hope this time my card won't decline.